What if I told you those scattered Google notes, draft social posts, and notebooks filled with unshared stories could be a fast pass to a more fulfilling life waiting for you, but only if you publish them. Learning to just press publish changed my life for the better as a woman, mom, and writer. Now I wanna create the same transformation for you. I'm your host, Erin Galloway, multi-passionate author and ally for storytellers. I started Habitize Publishing to support storytellers, including kids, CEOs, senior citizens, and now you, to share your voices and spark more joy than you ever thought was possible. I hope after today's episode, you'll publish one piece you've been holding back on and see where the journey takes you. All right, friends, welcome to the first new episode of 2024. I'm here with our favorite illustrator, Justin Dunn, (laughs) and he and I are going to talk through lessons learned from books that we published in 2023, which happened to be the first year that he and I worked together continuously on the creation of children's books. Yeah, how many books did we do 2023? Oh, goodness. You would ask that very smart question. I Uh, I lost track at one point. Well, I only say that because I think that year in January or December, we just, or 2022, I think we had a goal of, hey, it'd be nice to at least do one a month. And even if we have to write our own, that was what we said. And, uh, and we did way more than 12 and didn't really have to write our own. That is so that is so true. One a month was our goal. Then we started. We exceeded our goal. And there's even more exciting things happening in 2024 that we'll have to come back and chat about on another yeah. episode. No, it's 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 rocking and rolling. It is pretty awesome. I mean, it's a reminder to anyone that's listening that, you know, Justin and I did not start out with the intention of doing children's books together. He was working on illustrations and I started in publishing. It was really just a casual conversation that Justin started. And sometimes when you just put a question out there, you see where it takes you. And we could really have never predicted where we are now. Absolutely. That's totally true. (laughs) All right. So let's dive in to talk about the first book that you and I published together. And that was Clyde the Reindeer. Clyde the Reindeer. That I thought was just going to be a, a one-time uh, Christmas story. And so did the author. That was the yeah. initial plan, right? So Brandon approaches us and he says, I have this story that I've been holding on for 17 years. And we got introduced through a mutual friend. And you had experience in illustrating four children's books But at that point in time, you actually hadn't seen what it took to create the book itself, right? So you were sort of creating illustrations in isolation for previous Yeah, I just sent images and then, you know, whatever happened to them happened to them. So, uh, yeah, I had no idea. And on the flip side, I had no idea of working with an illustrator. So I had done some layouts for myself, but I had always had full control over right? Size and shape and layout. And, you know, I could be up at 4 a.m. and adjust things, but I didn't have to go back to an illustrator or a client to say like, what do you think? And what can we make a change? Um, And so that was a really good learning curve for both of us. 
Yeah, it was good because you were the first. I had done, I don't know, maybe like 20 or so by the, by the time I met you. And I had never had anyone, um, and, it, and this is a, such a good thing, I had never had anyone like walk through the pages like, hey, what's up with this image? Or does this make sense? Because I just would go and if people liked it. Sure, I, you know, I, I kept going. Uh, but that was the first time, because I think in Clyde uh, specifically, there was like, you were like, hey, you know, this frame, or there was, especially with, uh, there's a couple of pages where the characters reveal a lot and there's a lot going on in one page. And I think I had way too much going on in some of the pages and you helped me simplify that thought process, which was super invaluable. I would never have thought like, oh yeah, this is so helpful to have someone just go and be like, what are you doing here? And because sometimes I didn't even know. I was like, oh, I guess now that you mention it, I didn't think about that. I was just drawing pictures and having fun. So uh, Clyde was really fun because uh, I actually, I, I, I call it the Die Hard book because it was just a Christmas uh, book that turned into this like action adventure thing, uh, just like the movie Die Hard. Um, that was just a Christmas movie. Um, but it was a, as at first I was like, okay, it's just a reindeer in the forest, which is fun. Um, I like an anthropomorphic uh, animals, not like realistic animals that much. And so I was like, okay, this is really fun. But as I talked to Brandon, the author, and you more, I was really feeling like, oh man, he's really into this like sort of comic booky superhero thing. And that's what this reindeer is becoming. And I love that sort of thing. So with Clyde, I had a lot of fun because um, I love a more comic book style anyways. Um, so I had um, a really good time with Clyde. And I think we nailed that one fast. Like we went through it because I was enjoying the images a lot. You were enjoying the images. And I was just thinking about how I appreciate that it had a very clear deadline, right? The aspiration of putting out a book associated with a holiday, right? Really challenged mm -hmm. us to think about, you know, working backwards from Christmas, because that was going to be his big moment. If you are going to get out of the gate and sell books, right, you want to be aligned with the holiday that the book is about. And so you and I worked probably hardest, if you will, on that book, A, because of our learning curve, and B, because we had a deadline that we did not want the author to miss. Um, yeah. And so we spent a lot of time making sure that we got that book out on time for him to be able to publicize it. Yeah, and it, it's fun to see how that one has definitely evolved to uh, uh, into the an internet comic strip into like I think his he just published a third sort of uh, just all comic booky more than we've kind of like forgotten. I I forgot that Clyde was a Christmas reindeer. I forgot that was his origin. You would have thought it that was his apex, but it was not. It was not. <laughs> There was so much more. And speaking yeah. of Christmas books, then fast forward to the end of 2023, and we had our next challenge of a Christmas book, which oh, was right. the gift of friendship. Right, I forgot about that one too. Um, man, they get they all get mixed in my head a lot. Um, that one was interesting because uh, the subject matter was way more than just Christmas. Um, Clyde was definitely a reindeer pulling Santa's sleigh, right? This one was more about a friend with disabilities and helping out. So after a whole year, we were able to put more into authors than just, mm -hmm. okay, that's what you want. Sure, I'm drawing it. Um, to be like, oh, hey, this is cool. 
but what makes it Christmassy? And then and we, you could do this for any uh, holiday or any non-holiday. It's a it's a bigger story than just uh, that one. Like I feel like the setting is at Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas story. Right. But I like that you can use the Christmas theme to sort of sell more books too and get it out there. Yeah, there was a lot to learn from that book. You're exactly right that at that point in time in our experience, suddenly we could take ourselves out of the story and also help people think about marketing and book sales. And we could help authors see like the premise of your story can stay, but maybe different holidays, right? So again, with the theme of inclusiveness, you could have it about Christmas or you could have it about birthdays. We got more sophisticated in our thinking about how a single story could serve an author in a wide variety of ways across a calendar year versus just one point in time. Yeah, and I I think that one's unique in being if it's a if we say hey this is a Christmas book that it shows a different side of Christmas than Santa and gift giving and excitement more of like oh hey there is a magical time of year. And this one is about not just giving, but serving and loving your friends. And so it's real cool how that one just put more into that. So I actually just thought of it now, like, oh, reading as a Christmas story does put a little bit more weight on these friends who love their friend and want to do something great for him because he can't explore because he's a dolphin. (laughs) Yeah. And I learned that was one of the first stories that we had done a large chunk of the illustrations and Nancy, the author came back and she was like, something just feels off. And I remember sitting, it was almost like old school where I sat with the pictures separately and I started to like move them around and realize if we adjusted some of the pages by moving them in a different order, that suddenly the story did come to life a little bit more and that she had more of a setup of the story um, and presenting that to her and being like, okay, would you be open to adjusting what you felt so strongly about? And she was instantly. She was like, yes, this does help click. Why yeah, I just couldn't figure yeah. it out. Sorry to interrupt. Um, that, yeah, exactly. What said, because we, I think me and you made a decision, Hey, let's just finish this out and show at the end. And I think if you were to talk through it or just done one or two images, it may not have clicked, but showing the whole thing done. Okay, now I can see it where this, where this uh, works. Um, what I wanted to do with that one, and I still haven't been able to figure out how to do it, is that one had a lot of dialogue as far as like the specific characters saying specific things. And I wanted a mix of uh, like prose text with like word bubbles of them talking. And that was, that proved to be very difficult. Unless you're doing a comic book style with different, boxes which we weren't so on one I really I, I had a vision of like okay there's gonna be some lines up here but then there's gonna be a word bubble and then over here a word bubble and then by the end there were so many word bubbles on I was like well you can't even see the image anymore there's too many lines so I haven't figured out how to do that part really good yet I, I wanted to in that book though but it worked out yeah yeah it was it was a fun book and certainly uh you know we had proposed the author at one point to take what you just described and maybe even create like a Christmas play out of it. Right. Mm. So it very much could be done where kids could recreate the story as a Christmas play 
um, getting to the point that you had, which is she had this vision of what certain characters would say. So we started to get really creative towards the end of last year, just helping authors bring their books to life, which speaking of, Blanky, oh, the Blanky. fabulous. This was uh, in my top books of the year. I really had a good time with this one a lot. Yeah, Nancy, right? This was when Nancy came to us with a series of books to do. Um, this was not in one of her first ones that she wanted to create. Um, but we did. We really fell in love with the story. And there was so much variety that could go on with the illustrations, along with, again, to the point that we saw, Blanky could be a lot of different things to different kids, sometimes lovey sometimes different names, plus the character itself um, could, you know, change both in ethnicity, race, gender. There was a lot of different ways to bring her initial story about her daughter to life. Mm. And we really got excited about that. Well, and this was the first one that we did like a little, uh, we got on that Facebook group and did a, a couple little tests on because does Blanky have eyes or does Blanky not have eyes? And we kind of drew them for a while both ways. And I put a bunch on Instagram and a bunch on like Facebook groups, like, hey, what do people think? And it was almost unanimous, not quite, but almost unanimous that Blanky should not have eyes. Um, that was more in the little girl's imagination and less this uh, real life character who's come to life as a blanket. Um, but yeah, that was a fun, I, that was a fun test. Cause I didn't know, I had a thought, but I didn't know, I didn't know which one was better either. I did, but the uh, people had opinions a lot. That was a really good move on your part to, A, for the author to trust you to do it, right? To give an opinion. And then B, for the fact that you could put, um, you could put it out there and gather input from just a, a general Facebook group about children's books um, yeah. and get so many comments. It really played into what we recommend to authors is like bring people along with the experience. Yeah. Try to engage them before the book is out there. Which I think I realized with the Facebook groups that that's the strength of them. Not I think some people are using it to get work or to get jobs or to get um uh, uh, views or likes or comments or, uh, you know, reviews on there, and, which is fine. And I don't know how much you get out of that. And it seems like people don't respond a lot to that. But with, if you ask for opinions, man, everyone's got one and they are more than willing to share them. So uh, that's a really good strength in those groups is just getting opinions and mm -hmm. you can take them uh, as you want. But that one, that one was fun. It got a lot of, got a lot of action. It did. All right, moving on to the oh, I love this philosopher. One. Bye, yes. Little philosopher. So A big this, book. It is. So this one was interesting because his story was already really well laid out. He knew essentially what copy he wanted on what pages. He had worked on the manuscript for quite some time. And it really took those initial stages from you nailing down the character himself because we knew that that character was going to be on every single page throughout the book. Yeah. The layout on this one was uh, difficult for a while for me. 
I think when we ended up deciding to go with that more white background, everything it, it made it all flip. But I was putting backgrounds and it didn't mm -hmm. feel right every time. Um, and this one was tricky because this was like close to his like heart and his who he was, and like this book really meant something. Um, and I think this one has a niche that probably hasn't even been tapped into as much as far as like it is if you're into philosophy and you know who Marcus Aurelius is and you know uh, that he wrote a book um, called The Meditations, man, this is your book uh, for your kids. Um, I don't I, that's I, I wonder if that's too niche. What do you think? You know, when we had done our part in looking up keywords and key search terms, we really were educated on how popular that philosophy book is um, and how many people search for it. And so for us, it was it was a learning curve in mm. that we really didn't know. We were unfamiliar with the context of the story. So we had to educate ourselves, right? You educated yeah. yourself to make sure that there was a historical reference, but also not trying to be too accurate because that isn't in the, you know, the kid is not in the book. Um, yeah. So from a keyword standpoint, I remember when we put it in and we were blown away as to how many people search Marcus Aurelius. And we were like, okay, right. let's like, let's open our minds a little over here. Jim, he was the first one, I think maybe the only one who's ever, I think, used probably AI illustrations to what it's probably best for is he did some AI stuff to just, hey, this is the idea. Now, can you take it and make it feel more alive? So coming up with the character was really easy because he had a couple images from the beginning of like, hey, this is what I would like him to be wearing or to look like or just to feel. And it was really like flat looking, but it was it was super helpful. I was like, oh, cool. Now I know exactly what this is where this is going um i think i messed up in the beginning because i thought it was all like ancient times but it's not he's an ancient timey person but all his pals are in modern day clothes that took me a while to get used to i think we learned a lot with how to lay everything out on this one because it was different mm -hmm. and it was longer so we really wanted to challenge ourselves to think through how do we keep the reader engaged yeah you this know, is a thick book it is yeah. So we knew if someone bought it, they already knew the topic, right? This wasn't necessarily a quote unquote cold buyer who was just buying about something familiar to kids. They knew they probably knew the topic if they were going to order it. But how do you keep it interesting? Because someone who's doing this topic, right, they're they're a little bit more of a deeper thinker. Like they're not just going to want to flip through a book to just have like mm -hmm. a casual bedtime story. They're trying to teach and educate so how do we keep it interesting for kids? Yeah, I was just sitting there thinking, I'm sad that all my children are old because um, I was, I haven't, I've never had a chance, I haven't had a child over that's at the age enough to like where I can be like, hey, let's read some of these books and see which ones are fun for me to read as a dad. I missed reading to my children. <laughs> I have to say, we do almost every book. The kids all read. So even our teens and then, right, Lily at 10, they all read every book as it came in. Um, and so that was oh, pretty cute good. to see, yeah, how that's they good. would read it and then what their reactions were. I remember reading Clyde the Reindeer is like literally a bedtime story. I went from like bed to bed and read Clyde the Reindeer to them. And they were like, oh, it's like a kid Christmas story. And I'm like, oh, 
That's fun. Yeah. Okay, moving on to another holiday. Okay. The Ooh. first time for Marty the Ghost that we got to do Marty the Ghost, the picture book, and then a corresponding activity book to go with it that encouraged how you could bring Marty to life for reading, writing, and drawing. Yeah. This one was me playing with a new art style, too. Completely different, which was fun. I forgot about that. And I learned a lot from it. I do it a little different now, but this was a new, like, no black lines. But it was fun. I like, I really enjoyed this style. It made it really fun. It was almost like picturing you have a bunch of pieces of paper and you're laying the paper on top of each other to create with different patterns to create the characters, mm-hmm. um, which was fun for me. I think a lot of people do that and I just never had. And so I enjoyed this one a lot. I also enjoy the author. She texted me one time. She just, I really, she really liked me and believed in whatever. She's like, hey, whatever you do, I trust. And that made me feel so empowered to be like, oh, cool. Thank you. And I just would go and if she had edits, they were very minor. She was just like, no, I trust that whatever you're doing is great. And that made me feel really good. <laughs> um, and it I was fun ag- to create each different character. Yeah, I would agree. Because she gave, I wouldn't say freedom, as in we could create anything we wanted. But she really gave a lot of opportunity to say, well, I kind of have a vision but maybe you might come up with something that I had never thought of. And that was the same with the activity books. I remember, you know, telling, showing her activity books I had created previously for myself and others and her being able to say like, oh, I never thought about how you could take this counting page or these write strips and transfer it over to Halloween and how that could be really exciting for teachers or after school programs to want to incorporate Halloween, mm-hmm. but like not have to go down on teachers pay teachers and like download it themselves. I try to almost do all of them this way, but I didn't look ahead. I like to just, okay, who's the next character? And that was exciting for me to create a new character because there's, yeah. you know, 10 major characters. And then by the end, it was really fun and tricky to like, okay, I got to fit all 10 of these in one page. And I, and so it was just kind of, I thought that was a really fun journey for me yeah I really enjoyed this book so moving on to one that is near and dear to your heart is the amazing critter rescue crew because this is evolution yes this was uh you know Brandon came to us with Clyde the reindeer he had a vision for other um characters and more of a comic book style but it wasn't in the plans at the very beginning And the two of you really connected in your illustration style and what you knew about comic books and his mutual passion for comic books and his characters. Plus with that, then Brandon also wanted to get the chance to experience putting together a book, not a hundred percent himself, but to really be a part of the process Mm-hmm. So this one was something for all of us that we experienced different than where we ever set out. Yeah, we flew through that one too. I, that's one of the, it's just a testament to when you really like a project, I'm going to fly through them because I, I can, that's one where I would be sitting at night and maybe we're all watching a movie and everyone's dozing off and I pick up my iPad. I'm like, I'm just going to do another page because 
That sounds fun. I really enjoy those characters. It was fun to draw them and superhero poses and, you know, lightning coming out of the feathers and just stuff like that is really fun for me. Um, and I think I've kind of learned that with all the books. If I'm, uh, it's given me the opportunity these days to say no to some sometimes when I know like that is going to kill my soul if I have to draw that every day because some things just aren't fun to draw and some things are like super fun to draw and super and so the more fun the more excited the faster I work and the more things get produced too and the more I'm willing to be like let me draw some more you can just have these <laughs> which I shouldn't do I know but I will be like I just drew this one because I was bored today sketching and here's another drawing of your you can use it on your social media like but that's okay. That's part of who you are. And I think because of your willingness to try and then like essentially share your drafts with clients is how you really transformed your illustration skills over the course of a year from where you started to trying out different styles and seeing how authors reacted and seeing which books maybe go with different styles better. Yeah. Um, it would not make sense to do the Amazing Critter Rescue Crew without the black lined illustrations and right. with some of the pieces that you tried in some of the later books. Yeah, it's true. That fit right into my like skill set easily. I don't have to try as hard and, and think about it as much. Speaking of trying hard, that was a great segue to <laughs> your very oh, first yeah. book. Um, the Gaffer's Guide this, to Longbottom Leaf. Uh, now, this one is one that I some of my friends did read to their kids. And they were like, I also had to explain to my kid what I'm reading to them because it's a children's book, but it's not really a children's book, right? It's like trying to read to your kids, go the F to sleep. It's yes, like, it's that. not, you. the kid is not the intended audience, but the layout and the format looks as if a child is. So this one I did in one day almost. The whole thing. I wrote it while I was sitting outside by the fire. And then I drew the whole thing really quick. And that was, that goes back to exactly what we were just talking about too. The originally, the reason I did it is because it, I did hear from so many authors that KDP was difficult and they were having problems. And I was like, what's the problem? Like, aren't you just uploading images? Like, it seems really easy. So I did this. I wanted to get it done really quick. Did it, put it in there. And then that's when I was like, oh. This, I don't even know what half the things are asking. I don't even know what some of the things I was like, I don't know what you're asking me to do here. I don't know. And what and when it wanted copy, I didn't know any of these words. So I was like, this isn't just uploading images. This is really <laughs> tough, which I think is what spawned me and you. I think I was sharing that story like that's really tough. And you're like, well, that's what I know how to do. Um, but so yeah, I did this one mainly for that. But I also have a couple books in my head that I wanted to do after doing illustrating so many. But going back to enjoying it, like when there's no one at all that you have to share the images with, it was just so freeing. Like, man, I don't care what you think. I really like this drawing, so I'm going with it. And it doesn't even matter. Like, it doesn't have to go through approval or edits or anything unless I want to do that myself. I probably should do one a year because it's just a freeing Mm -hmm. exercise for me this one is not even that wild like there's I, I've always wanted to do one that's just a really weird wild style 
I'll probably have to do that on my own because no one ever picks the weird wild style. They all want it pretty. Uh, yeah, I want it to look like they want it in their head, which is makes sense. Uh, but this one, I can make it look like however I wanted. And I had fun with it. And it was a subject uh, that I really enjoy. It's my uh, one of my favorite things. So your only goal when you and I tried to then publish it together, right? I put it into KDP and got it up for you was just to learn the process, right? There yeah. wasn't a goal related to sales or covering nope. costs. Like you literally had no goal other than to learn. Yeah. Um, and so I could easily come back to you and be like, hey, Justin, let me share with you why this particular illustration is not getting approved. Mm -hmm. Or you could make the decision, you know, initially we were doing almost all our books are eight by five times eight by five. And you were like, no, I'm good with the bigger style because I'd already done it in that shape and I didn't want to have to change everything in order to yeah. get it published. And then we did it. And this was my first experience where the book came back from Amazon and it was not printed correctly. Mm. And oh, I had, yeah. yeah. So I had heard stories about that, but up till this point, I had not experienced it as a buyer um, because I always buy the everybody's books that we helped with. And so I got to go through that process to find out, like, are they going to charge me? Do I have to return mm. it? Right. Those steps. And it was so fast and it was so easy. And we realized it was just printing error, not anything you and I had done incorrectly. Mm -hmm. And I think I got the new book all perfectly printed within like 48 hours or something pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I'm flipping through this book. I had so much fun with it. I still love it. I'm, I'm just reading. I'm like, oh, I forgot how much I really like this uh, this adventure. So speaking of books that we really loved, and this will be maybe the last book that we chat about in this episode, maybe we'll come back for another, is Papa Tomsky's. Oh, 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 I loved him. <laughs> this, this was different because um, I was really liked the heart and not just from the author and not just the book but like the character himself he just was comforting to draw and to put in different situations because he was so and the story is so kind and so nice but i also just i really liked him i work out in coffee shops a lot and use i always work with sometimes i'm working with some friends of mine and every time i would be drawing papa chomsky I had a theme song in my head that I would sing almost the entire time. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, you need to stop singing the song. But it was not, but anyway, she always knew about Papa Chomsky because I sang this Papa Chomsky song as I was drawing because it made me happy, which is a really weird thing about me, but. No, I mean, I think it comes across in your illustrations. Every time you came back with him, he as a character would just make you smile. And yeah. make you smile, make me smile, right? Make a, make the author, who happens to be my aunt, you know, <laughs> really happy because she had held on to this story for so long and never thought that it had potential. And I remember, you know, after working with multiple senior citizens, having this very core belief that part of our gift and our talent of helping authors is to help mm. people see that they have more potential within them than they even realize. This book is obviously also special to me and my family. And so for you as an illustrator to take care 
and invest in it. At the mm-hmm. other end, it was just so reflected in the illustrations you would come back with. Yeah. And I like the style on that one too. It was a little different. And mm-hmm. I think we went through a couple of different options at the beginning. And I like where we landed. And it made me go back through and change some things in the beginning once we got through it, which happens almost in all the books. Like I'll hit a stride around page five or six. And then five and six to the end look different than one through four. He's always good back. I loved with Papa Chomsky because I, w- when I read the story, I read the whole story. And in my head, I remember thinking at the beginning, like, oh, this is going to be tough and drawing bread a lot. Uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to do that. And then that was, that, that's when I realized it's helpful for me to not think that way. And just, okay, we're on page one and this is what we're doing. Okay, now mm-hmm. I'm going to read page. And I'll go back. That's a very Stephen King way, I guess, of he, he writes with no end in mind the next page is a new exciting thought for me i haven't been thinking about it for a while and so in that book that really helped me because by the end i was like oh we're almost done i could draw more papa chomsky because i like him a lot <laughs> he could go to so many places you know? well i want to find out what happened to his children and <laughs> uh like his wife i bet they had a great marriage i bet he was such a good husband <laughs> i thought about these things all the time i think that that what also reminds us is we would certainly never tell someone don't pursue your book because, you know, you have to find your illustrator on an online platform, right? Like Upwork or Fiverr, and maybe they, you know, live somewhere else and you never get to interact with them. We wouldn't, I would not say don't pursue publishing if that's your only option. However, there's also something that would be hard to ever replace is when an author and an illustrator actually get to interact and they get to talk and there is something unique and special that comes out of mm-hmm. a mutual investment in the book versus I'm just, you know, trying to create a passive income lifestyle. Right. right? There, there's, yeah. Those are just two different outcomes. And I think there's something special that people get to experience when they actually. Yeah. I wonder, I didn't, I've never really met or talk to any other children's book illustrators. Cause I wonder, cause I, I almost with almost every book, like have not personal investments, not really the right word, but like a love for what these characters are. Even the books that aren't my favorite books. I'm so like, okay, I like, I've created you and I want you to look like this and go here. It's real rare that I don't have a love for the the characters and the story and the book. That makes it fun for me. If it, I think if it was just, you know, I'm just drawing these pictures so that you can, so you pay me. Um, I, any books I have had a few like that where I had to slog through and it was really tough. Like that was the first time I ever understood, oh, this is why illustrators don't get back to people because they must not love the work they're doing because the ones that I've loved, I've had to like make myself write a note. Hey, work on this page today. But it's only, it's been real rare. I love the characters. That one was a good one because I got to, I liked drawing him. Like and that was one, uh, Blanky was like that too. I, I missed drawing them afterwards. And Clyde was like that too. I was like, oh, I lo- I drew them so much. And now I, I miss kind of drawing them. Hmm. But, well, I think that does say something. I mean, we, I'm so proud of what we did over this last year, right? This isn't even all the books, but for as open as you and I were to working together, learning together, getting authors to not just believe in us, but fully trust us to help mm-hmm. bring their vision to life. And, you know, there's no one that we worked with that 
you know, had this money tree in the backyard that they were right. just thought it'd be cool to publish a book. Like every one of them was making a personal investment that they were taking a risk on us. And yeah. it's pretty awesome to be a part yeah. of creating That's all That's a good point. I think I feel that for them too. Like, I don't want to squander your money here or or not be a good steward of what, what you've done. I guess if it was the other way around, I, I wonder, but we've never had the Scrooge McDuck who just wants a million or something. It has been a really good, uh, fun year. Like it was just a really fun year of like, people were like, what are you working on? And I'll show them and they're like, oh, okay. You're just drawing that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm drawing this and it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to be in the coffee shops. People ask what I'm working on and I get to show them like, just drawing this guy, Papa Chomsky. He's, he's cool. <laughs> and uh, to think where we, again, went from our goal of 12, which we thought was slightly ambitious at the time, yeah. but felt like hey, one a month, right? We could do this. And it was going to be a part of everything else that we did. And ultimately for both of us became a significant portion of our day as the year went on. And then the other doors that it opened, right? For you, you became, you know, other opportunities for illustrating because you were doing books or because people saw you doing books and then mm. talked to you about, you know, other things that might be related to illustrating that then you started to do whether it was, you know, materials for people's book events or whether it was for sports teams, right? Other things started to open up because your visibility in sharing your process and your drafts and your final books just sort of opened new doors for you. Well, um, I think I learned too. I mean, we experienced this the other day. We were at a coffee shop and we ran into random somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, this children's book. I Let's get it done. Like, I think the well's deep for people who have the ideas or even have written something down. And that's what might have been my favorite thing about what the you and I have done or been able to say is, hey, we can take that and make it real. Like for a fraction of the cost that you probably would think it would be. So um, I have loved that. I've loved that's been my that's been a great highlight of my 2023 as we're already a month into 2024. <laughs> yes, but who knows? In 2024, you and I have a couple of interesting things moving beyond uh, just print-on-demand projects and looking to see how we can support authors in new ways. So who knows? When we have another recap, maybe we won't wait a whole year and we'll be able to share some other lessons learned in the first six months of 2024. Yeah. Exciting. Right. Yes. It is exciting. So for anyone that's listening, stay tuned. Justin's going to keep illustrating. I'm going to keep working on books and we will come back and maybe again, we'll do a part two episode of other books that we either published together or ones that you helped authors with separately from me. And there's lots of lessons learned from the last year. Okay, friend, are you ready to share one piece of content you've been holding back on? trust your instincts and press publish. If this episode sparked curiosity in your publishing journey, head over to thehabitizedlife.com for more resources or check out the after show with our guests on Instagram at habitizedlife. All the links mentioned today are in our show notes. And hey, I'm off to reheat my cup of coffee for the second time today, but I'll meet you back here next week with a fresh cup and a new episode.